It's a sensitive, delicate deal, dragging brand new songs out of the sky. Trading ideas, accepting some, storing others in the maybe later bag, moving on and along with hardly a plan. During the Zep years, I never imagined a full-scale album project without the other guys, and even less the idea of new writing partners. But then, since 1981, I've enjoyed many amazing, exciting musicians in the sharing, in the writing, in production and engineering. Men and women who encouraged and enlightened, introducing me to crazy curves I could never have imagined. For this podcast, I'm going to be picking out some songs from here and there along the way, mixing constant shifts in sound and intention from across this long, old time. There's a story in all of them. I'm Robert Plant, and this is Digging Deep. Hello, my name is Matt Everett, and I'm very pleased to be welcoming you to Episode 3, Season 4 of Digging Deep with Robert Plant. We hope you're enjoying the season so far. So this week, the song we're looking at is called House of Cards. It's by Linda and Richard Thompson. It was featured on their wonderful 1978 album, First Light. Richard Thompson helped form and played guitar with Fairport Convention, a group who crossed many paths with Robert from very early on in his career, as you'll hear. And when Robert Plant and the Band of Joy recorded their Band of Joy album in 2010, they included their interpretation of House of Cards. But before we get to the song, as is traditional, Robert and I found ourselves having one of those conversations that sort of loops around on itself, taking lockdown as a starting point, but taking in trees, time and travel before we reach the Thompsons. Have you found not being able... I mean, this is an obvious question, because the answer is, it's been awful. Have you found not being able to travel? Because we've talked a lot about... Mm. You're, you're a person who likes travel. You like to put yourself in situations. You like to see countries, listen to different musicians, go to different cities. That's kind Well, of you have to do it by on foot now, and you have to sort of... I got really familiar with various trees and things like that so we did a thing for um did a thing for the nordorf robbins trust thing around christmas time so i went down in the wood and i'd been going down in the wood quite a bit and lighting a little fire at night and just looking at the trees and i thought geez now i know how much these things grow because I'm seeing the difference when you look out of a window that you've always looked out of. Yeah. And that sunset is like, it's, it's disappearing five minutes earlier than it should because these great, big, monster, beautiful friends of ours are getting bigger and bigger. So, and you're watching that. Yeah. I, well, I'm seeing that all of these things that are, because I've never been in one place this long since I was at school. <laughs> and when I was at school, I didn't have the same feeling of it's like an equation of mortality questions about time and how time one year of a guy's life when he's in his 70s is a lot different to one year and when you're in your 40s or you're you know so there's all the perspectives are all different so travel but it's i guess of course a lot of the things that you do when you can, you develop a kind of stylistically, you, you, you create 
a zone for yourself. You are in your own groove. You make your own groove by this time in the, somebody's life. You have your avenue of where you're going, what you're doing. Mm. Whether it's watching box sets or reading a particular writer's books or, you know, looking at the sunset or whatever it is. And I realized just that I'd created this amazing world where I knew my way around Marrakesh more than I did around Leeds or something. You know, it was like, this is crazy. How, how can I actually feel? So I began to question, you know, where the hell am I at? You know, what's, how come I know my way around somewhere in the middle of the Dust Bowl in Morocco quite nicely, even with the new roads they put in, compared to a town that I really like? Like, you know, it's because I'm drawn to places. Mm. I'm drawn to the clutter and the clatter and I'm drawn to languages I don't understand, how people deal with each other on the street, the amount of familiarity that people share. That, and depending upon where you are you, in your travels, you can see the difference between an Austrian in Vienna and a couple of guys in Mali. You know, it's like... You see all these things and they're... they're oh, it's brilliant, that is. It's just so amazing to see how mankind carves its own personality dependent on the forces around it, about circumstances that we are in, you know, relating to stress and ambition, achievement, defeat, all that stuff. And in the end, you start looking at yourself and going, how, well, how is it going in the middle of all this for you, planty? <laughs> like, what do you feel like, you know? Um, so I feel that I've created this charming sort of travelogue character. I just almost, I can say that um, I've always had that as my backup. You know, I could get out of situations. I didn't yeah. have to see things all the way through. I could mince around. One minute, a pop star. The next, next minute, minute, off. A golden god. Next minute, has been. Next minute, world music aficionado. It's just all these crazy things. And you put them all on the table. They're invisible, but you see them all on the slab and go, wow, that's, that's a lot in there, you know, which is quite interesting, you know. And to be stimulated in the middle of the, it all, I need Justin Adams and people like that who have great angles and are constantly looking into those ambiences and the worlds. Two days ago, Justin sent me some stuff from new Moroccan pop videos, and right. they are insane. So you've got all the Berber thing, the great women with the bendiers coming forward and all that. Um, and then the guy who's singing has got a beautiful gandora. What's a gandora? A long indigo gown. Right. You know, with a couple of swirls on the breast piece. But he's got shades on and he's got this sort of Brooklyn Bronx sort of, <laughs> he, he's, he's got the sort of Ronnie James Dio finger. <laughs> and, and it's, I'm going, it's just a panto. It's incredible. Um, how... It's gone from me trekking through the Atlas Mountains with with Jimmy Page in 1972 with a Nagamichi tape machine creeping up to, to people singing in the fields, you know, um, listening to this amazing music then and seeing how it's now 
for all to see with 70 million views of Moroccan pop going absolutely crazy. And it's all brilliant until they play the wrong jazz chord. And then you have to hit the stop button quick. It's just because they're, they're, every, people are absorbing. Musicians everywhere are borrowing. And they go, oh, this is an amazing chord. I never even, what does this mean? And little do they know what damage they're doing to people like me. When they, <laughs> it's a sort of Johnny Hathaway on acid chord in the middle of all this great chant. Um, anyway, that's a ramble. It's interesting though, yeah. It's like, yeah, where you go when you can't go anywhere. Yeah. Where you go, you know, and I think it's been a certain amount of introspection enforced or otherwise is kind of good for a person sometimes. Stop. I think so, yeah. We, you know, we're given this idea or there is this idea maybe since the Industrial Revolution, that, that momentum is good. Momentum is the only thing yeah. that you want. You must be pursuing this. You must be going here. You must be doing that. You must be chasing that thing. That's the the only positive and that sometimes stasis is, is bad. And sometimes a moment of like, can't do anything. Be with yourself. How are you doing? That's good for us, I think, sometimes. Sure, because it's the, the new thing, isn't it? How are you, how are you getting on? And some, quite a few people I know go, well, nothing's really changed for me. Okay, <laughs> what? <laughs> so uh, there is a lot of, I, I can't even call it analysis, really. I'm just, it's just a, it's just a view of oneself from the hill. It'll shake your windows and it will rattle your doors. Oh, blow down this house of House of Cards, Band of Joy, Richard Thompson and Linda Thompson. When did you first come into contact with them? Where did the story start with you and them personally? Well, um, I first saw Richard in 1960, probably about beginning of 68. And my, um, the Band of Joy with Bonzo and uh, co, we were playing Middle Earth at the um, Rand House around the corner, Chalk Farm. And uh, we were on the show... And Fairport had got a, a record out called If I Had a Ribbon Bow with Judy Dobell singing. And it was it was in the period that Fairport were in. I, you only know what the periods were later on when you could look <laughs> back at them and go, oh, that was their... Oh, that was their... Sorry. That was their Jefferson Aeroplane era, you know. And I was just transfixed by the, the, the beautifully tiny, weeny, beautiful voice that she had and this other thing that was going on. Mm. Um, and so really... Uh, I mean, we were on a circuit, a scene then in the Band of Joy with John Bonham, uh, where we would be playing along with Terry Reid and uh, Victor Brock's Blues Train, the Steam Packet with Long John Baldry and uh, Rod Stewart, Julie Driscoll, Brian Organ. There were all these people on the move, and we were like the sort of poor cousins that would probably open the show at Watford <laughs> Trade Hall or something like that. But you saw this whole world... I think Peter Green was in a group with Pete Barden or something. I'm sure that somebody from Record Collector knows better about this than I do. But, yeah, we were on that scene and they were there and they were very unusual. I mean, the Band of Joy was a very muscular group. Um, I was really over-singing over non-stop and Bonzo was over-playing like crazy, <laughs> trying to get a gig with anybody else. He could escape from me if he could <laughs> to go anywhere. 
at any time. So there we are. And then time goes on and goodness knows what happens in between. You know, Terry Reid turns down the job with Jimmy Page and we go on the road and stuff. And Fairport and my relationship with Fairport and with Dave Pegg, who is the kind of kingpin of Fairport now, but came in around the time of, I think, just after Legion Leaf. And the whole relationship with Zeppelin and Fairport was strong. Swarbrick was insanely brilliant as a fiddle player, and he probably could outdrink Bonzo. I mean, there was a the real. It was a folk movement which had all the beauty of. It didn't. It wasn't too serious about itself. It was really with those characters on board. Um, and how great that Dave Pegg and the guys, they keep the whole thing going now, you know. You can take a collapsible chair to their festival in August and you can sleep happily under the Guardian newspaper <laughs> all the way through a reformed Beach Boys or Alice Cooper. But um, so Richard was obviously in there and he was really seriously uh, digging all sorts of different playing mm. and... His songs are his songs. They're some of the most amazing songs on the planet, really. Um, in 1991, 92, I started building up a, the beginnings of a mature career. And with the beginning of Fate of Nations, I asked him if he'd come and play on a couple of tracks. And he played on um, I Believe and uh, Come Into My Life. And it's just to hear how he set his amp up and just played against what was going on was a totally refreshing angle. You know, and then he'd sit down and we'd be talking about Otis Rush and the whole Cobra recordings with Ike Turner, and he'd 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 just be there sitting on the chair playing the horn sections of that song, "So Many Roads" by Otis Rush, and he'd he'd just play the saxophone parts. I'd sing the thing, and he'd go, ah. "We so you meet people and you you get off on them," and um, he is quite a guy. Um, so House of Cards was is a, a pretty dramatic song. It's another song that points the way, the yeah. look. And so in the Band of Joy, I was looking for songs that would actually allow a lot of group singing because there were so many good voices in there. Four really strong voices. So the song lends itself perfectly to that. And they're washing the street. I guess being at the sharp end for me, just as a singer with a microphone stand and coming from the, where I came from in the whole picture of music, what I was into, the blues side of things and the kind of psychedelic rock thing and being there at all those festivals in America playing with Janice and watching Jim Morrison fall off stage, wobble around <laughs> the whole idea of the, the El Topo of what we were all about. We had we were kind of in this crazy rolling ball of chaos and stuff, you know. And yet, meanwhile, on the other side of town, these guys were real beautiful players and great students of of restraint. So, and yet at the same time, they could open up and fire a good salvo across anybody's bows on the sort of entertainment front. 
It was great, you know, so Fairport and or that world over there was something that I look, used to look at and go, mm, that's great, like Bert Jansch, the whole deal. And Sandy's voice, and when she ended up with Fotheringate, and those, those German TV things from um, on YouTube, she sings John the Gun with Fotheringate live in 1970, whatever it is, with... Uh, Jerry playing guitar. It's probably the most spectacularly, dynamically beautiful piece of film and music that you could wish and hear her sing, you know. It was great. So, But she was also a fun-loving character too, so that's how, you know, we were very good friends when we collided. Uh, hence, she ended up on Battle of Evermore with us, you know, Zeppelin IV, because she was... Uh, and she got the, the gig immediately. She knew exactly how to make it work as, as Sandy. So with House of Cards, I mean, you say, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strong song. They're washing the streets with the blood of your kind. Mm. It's a very fine house of great renown. It's cracked and shaky and tumbling down. I mean, it's, that, that, it's a difficult line to navigate, isn't it? The kind of the rallying against the establishment, you know. It's, it's something that's got to do it right or you sound too preachy and yeah. if you don't do it at all then what's the point mm. of having beliefs how do you feel about because it, it it's in your work but it's never something you've been explicit about is the is the political finger pointing no well it has to be more it has to have more of a lifespan than that yeah really and you have to go through your own changes and you have to say like network news from fate of nations it speaks does it speak volumes uh yeah, I think it does. I think it's, and also it's not becoming too voluminous and it's preachy. And you have to be able to, it's fortunately, I can live with them all the way through to now. Whereas if I'd have been any more sort of obvious, it would have been a little bit cheesy. That's what I mean. Yeah. You've, yeah. Got, you, you've got to navigate, you've got to be true to yourself. Mm. It's tough. Yeah, it is. And he, he managed, well, they managed it magnificently there. Um, and then he can do, you know, songs about big motorbikes as well. <laughs> Quite, and he had his power trio when I was um, in Austin for those couple of years. He play, he came through as a power trio, and it was brilliant. And that's exactly what he should do. He should do what the hell he likes. I believe firmly in that. You do. You can get serious about it, but in the end, you've got to feel really good when you get in front of a microphone.
That was Robert Plant and the Band of Joy's 2010 version of Richard and Linda Thompson's House of Cards. And that is the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Robert, for talking. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please do so, so you won't miss the next episode. And of course, there are some great podcast episodes in the Digging Deep back catalogue. So have a look on your chosen podcast provider. Until next time then, I've been Matt Everett. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Cup and Nuzzle production. Music